What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who gets just as impatient as I do when something is missing, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. So it's been a day of lost and found for me. And uh, unfortunately, St. Anthony has been helping me out. I've, I lost my iPhone, my work iPhone, and I lost the microphone. So I've just been finding things. And every time I find something, I, I just have to give thanks because... It unsettles me when I when I've misplaced something. You know, I, my my dad when when we I was a kid, I remember we used to work on cars, and he would always say, "Put the tool back where you got it from." He was just so <laughs> adamant about that. And now I find I echo that same sentiment when our kids take off or something. They put it somewhere else. So my my business phone was put in a, in one of the dr- obscure drawers that I never use, just to get it off the counter, I guess, by somebody. There it was. It is so frustrating. There are very few things that frustrate me or or I find impatience with. I think for the most part, I I try to be fairly level-headed. There's only a couple of things that I can point to that say, yep, if that happens, I'm going to get upset. The first one is cold. If I feel cold or if I walk from a warm building and I have to walk far or get in a car and it is cold, I get really upset. I don't like it. We'll just say that. The other thing is looking for things. And I've spent many hours, I think, in the years of being a parent in looking for the missing thing. And so often it was a missing shoe. And the first time I realized that I was turning into my parents was over that exact thing, looking for the shoe. And you find one. And of course, the kids say, Well, I don't know where it is. I left it right here. And then steps in the echo of my parents and I fire off with, well, if you left it here, this is where it should have been. What did it walk off by itself? And I could hear my own mother in my head saying that to me. Well, it must have just walked off by itself. It's something that we all go to. But I don't know if it's opportunities to be patient that God provides us or if it's the devil that really tries to find these weaknesses to get under our skin. But boy, we always fall prey to it, seems like. The devil does take advantage of that. That's for certain. And it's in moments of weakness like that, that uh, I really struggle with trying to remind myself, just be calm. Anxiety is not going to help you find it. Persistence is going to help you find it but not anxiety. And so like when I, I misplaced this microphone, I took on a trip and I put it in a different bag and I put the, that bag in the closet. So it's hidden in a different bag that doesn't, you know, and I, and I recognized that as I wanted to get upset and I wanted to search the house and, and lay blame, I needed to just be something within me just told me to just, just be calm, just be calm. And that is the blessing. I think truly that is a struggle in between uh, God and the devil when we face these just minor issues because it can throw the whole day off because you can affect other people. And as you know, when, when I get upset, it's really, it affects, it, it emotes into other people's lives. 
And that's the the uh, necessity to try to put things that are anxiety causing into prayer. Because yes, there's a psychological component to it, but there's also a spiritual component to it for sure. The other thing too that can be frustrating, Scott, is when you've convinced yourself that something should be a certain way when we're trying to resolve an issue. Recently, I blew a breaker in the house and I was convinced that it was one of those little plugs that was tripped. And for two days, I'm walking around the house. I have convinced myself that I've got to find this plug when none ever existed. And with the help of some friends, life got back on track. But we tend to also allow ourselves to spin upon these things. Instead of just releasing it to God, saying, God, you got to take care of this for me. I have allowed myself to get worked up and now I'm working up the family and I'm unsettling a household. If I would have just paused and said, God, please resolve this for me and I'm going to let this anxiety go the household would have been much more resolved. It's hard to remember that in the moment. But looking back, now I'm going to have to remind myself the next time this thing happens, just set it aside. Do what I can and then set it aside because there's no use getting the rest of the household worked up because I'm worked up. Again, it's always trying to strive and find the peace because there's enough outside in the world that is going to distress us, that is working to distress us, that it's working to get at our peace. We've got to try to maintain that peace within the walls of our home. You have blessed our home. You continue to bless it. We have crucifixes to remind us that within the home, it is our Lord's home and that we have got to resign ourselves to be peaceful and be at peace. You know, we learn, as you were just describing, when as we reflect on how we dealt with things that, oh, we can deal with things better. That's part of our growing and our wisdom. But at the same time, as we grow older, I think there's a tendency to grow more impatient. Now, is it the chicken or the egg? And I think this is a spiritual discussion that that many people can have. But certainly, we benefit from being able to talk to each other in our relationship through marriage, to bounce that idea or those ideas off of one another, to help them to be more normalized. Once we get over the frustration. And I'm I'm far more of a, ironically frustrating. Maybe people are thinking, oh, the deacon's not going to be frustrated. No, I get very frustrated. <laughs> I'm probably the lead frustrator in the house. But when uh, when the, the storm passes and then there's reflection that takes place and you give me feedback on, well, you know, maybe that wasn't something that you had to go find today. You're right. Maybe that was something I could let go. And that only comes from an acknowledgement within myself, but also an affirmation from somebody whom I love and, and respect. And, and that there's a component of this that is our own faith walk, that we can't walk and understand God's intent on our own. It's through community. And, and it starts with relationship of marriage, expands into family, expands into community broader. So I just really think I'm always coming back to the base, the root need and the devil tries to divide that root need constantly in, in people's uh, marriages to try and, and break down that communication. And for sure, Scott, after all of these years of marriage, we have also learned and figured out 
that right now is not the time to go, you know how you could have done this better. It's always waiting for that right opportunity to have the discussion where we're open to hearing each other and definitely a little bit of distance from the time of the frustration. Well, there are some things, though, that you can do every day to remember to keep the Lord and our faith always at the forefront of our minds that help us really get through these difficult situations. We don't have a special guest again this week, but we do have a few things that we can be doing every single day as Catholics. It's going to get us through these tough times. So we've got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Too often, we let people's actions determine our reactions. Stop living that way. It only makes you unstable and miserable. Listen, if you have a bad boss, work with a smile. Because he deserves that? No, because you do. God's calling you to be a joyful person today. If you're cut off on the freeway, wave with all five fingers. God's calling you to be a witness, even if that other driver isn't. If you have a kid who's driving you crazy, do extra to show how much you love her, because that's the kind of parent you're called to be. No one gets to dictate the kind of person you are except God. That's not being a pushover. That's real power. It's the kind of power Jesus showed us when he was tried and crucified and still loved those who were killing him. Their actions didn't determine his reactions. God is love and he acted out of who he is, not who they were. And that's how we're called to be. Send us a message at connect at reallifecatholic.com. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. The average smartphone has more than 40 apps installed, and most of them are never used. Clear this clutter from your phone and make Matrade Radio's Hail Mary Media app your go-to spiritual resource. It's got everything you need to grow in holiness, including a huge library of enriching prayers, liturgy of the hours with the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, and a personalized schedule of your daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also contains a stream of Matrade Radio's live broadcast, podcast of our original shows, including programs not heard on the radio. Plus, you'll find fun things to do on the interactive community calendar, Catholic news, and so much more. The Hail Mary Media app has everything you need to grow closer to Christ all in one place. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the iOS app store, Google Play, or MatradeRadio.com. Declutter your phone and turn to the Hail Mary Media app from Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. Scott, practicing our faith is something that has to happen every single day, not just on Sundays. Sunday is that time where we honor and give glory to God. Then the rest of the week, well, we try to do our part and everything always leading us back towards him to heaven and affect those in the best possible way that are around us that we want to cross. I thought today we would talk about an article where catholiclink.org offers you some things that you can do every single day. 
things that Catholics should be doing every single day. So Scott, I'm going to give you a few of those. Let's talk about how these things should be incorporated and how they incorporate in daily life for you. And first off, we'll start right off in the morning. They say we should start every day with prayer, your Bible, and talk to your mother. And when I say mother, well, that's our heavenly mother. At least begin with a Hail Mary. How often do you recognize that the best days or even those difficult days that you've managed to take on well happen on the days that began with prayer? Yeah, great example today. Today I was I was moved away from prayer because I was so focused on finding the lost thing. And when I wake up in the morning, every, every morning I do my best to first acknowledge God before I get out of bed. And thank God for waking up in the morning. <laughs> and that becomes more, more obvious the older I get. But I then get up and I try to have some time to focus on prayer. Uh, and, and I do that in a mix of ways. One, I, one thing I found that's very valuable is um, there's some great YouTubes that uh, help. When, I'm, when I know that if I start reading, I'm going to fall back asleep, well, I'll click on a YouTube and I'll, I'll go to one of these uh, sites that uh, really expound the idea of the day, focus on what the, what the saint of the day is, and then help me to orient my, my mind in the midst of my tiredness. And then I get to maybe the liturgy of the hours for the day. Uh, maybe I won't even get to liturgy of the hours. Maybe I'll have to, to offer that up and I'll do a rosary as I'm driving to where I'm going first thing in the morning. So there, I think there's value to form, but we can't, we can't be married to it such that we lose our peace when life comes at you. So there's a, there is a, a, a wisdom that comes with prayer. We should be praying as St. Paul says, pray always. Uh, but we, how do we do that? And I think there is a, a challenge in the, particularly a Catholic faith experience because we have so many aspects of prayer that we can incorporate. And you could spend every moment of every day in one of those forms, but you still have to live life. So there is, there is a, a management of that that we have to be mindful of and we have to be adaptive, I think. I've certainly grown to be adaptive in my 15 years of being a deacon because we're committed to praying the Liturgy of the Hours every day, morning and night. And sometimes that just does not happen in the way that I would appreciate it happening. So my, my ability to be merciful in my, for myself and then also be adaptive to the moment, the grace that comes out of that, I know when I'm not in that grace. I know, like you said, when you step out of that and your day kind of runs afoul and you realize I should have given more rooting of my day in prayer because it's all intended to glorify the Lord. I have resigned myself to praying the rosary on my drive home. My drive home at the end of the day is still probably pretty early for most people because I am in the studio so early in the morning. But I have found that the days that I miss that, I recognize when I get home, something has been amiss and I haven't spent that time in prayer. I love how you said too, that you can go on to social media, or you go onto YouTube to just find a little bit of inspiration because actually catholiclink.org, the list that we're going through today, well, they say that that is one of the things that we can do every day is to go on social media. But 
The caveat is you've got to do it in the right way. Use our social media in a way that glorifies God. So perhaps go on the line, find a little bit of inspiration, and then use that inspiration and share it on social media. And it can be in very simple ways, too. If you have Facebook and you have a a group of friends that you are connected with, wish them a happy birthday when you see that those notifications come through. Use the social media and write them a separate note, not just on your feed, but a separate note. I saw that it was your birthday today. May God bless you today and every day. Your friendship means so much to me. Very simple ways that you can use social media in great ways that uplift somebody else's day because you never know what they might be going through. Right. Um, you know, I, I, as an example on social media, not necessarily directly social media, but in the electronic age, I receive an email every morning uh, that brings up for me the morning offering. And then there's a, an inspirational quote of the day. Uh, I think that these kinds of things are good tools. Like I use sticky notes, like I use reminders. Uh, this is a reminder that this is the way that my day should begin is the morning offering and praying for uh, my family praying for the church, praying for the Pope. And the morning offering is certainly orienting our minds towards that responsibility. And then a quote of inspiration. And I oftentimes will take that quote uh, and and send that out to people who come to mind, like you're saying, oh, you know what? I bet this this quote really resonates with a discussion I had with a friend or with a parishioner or with a colleague at work. I'm going to send them this in an email. I'll cut the quote out, cut and paste, and drop it in. So it's those those ways that we can be aware and sensitive to God's presence through the through the everyday, ordinary, electronic components of our lives that are just we're so saturated with it. Why wouldn't God enter into the midst of that? And I think it's a, it's always an inspiration to to be able to make those connections when you see something that triggers your awareness of being thankful and grateful for friendships and for relationships. And I'll send oftentimes a, a quote to you that I'll, that I'll get. But trying to find ways to continue to walk forward. You know, I think the apostles uh, really struggled with this dynamic of, of what, do we, what do we do as apostles? We're, we're, we're fishermen, we're tax customers. We have, we have experiences that aren't in relation that we can easily see to being apostles and carrying forward the good news, but they learned that. They learned that better and better as they practiced it and and did it in community. And I think that's something that uh, there's a lot to be said for being in community, whether you're married, as we describe here often, or if you're single, having those friends that you can connect with on a daily or bi-daily basis every other day to say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of you, or hey, I need your prayers today. And I have probably four teams that I have on my email where people will send in. I need a prayer for this today. I need a prayer for that today. That connects us and brings us back to what's most important in being in a relationship and prayer for one another. If you are just tuning in to view from the pew, the good deacon and I, we are talking about some important things that every Catholic should be doing every single day. This one is a tough one. The one of their suggestions they talk about, I know I don't do this every day, but if I do this intentionally, well, then you really got something going that they say every day, Catholics, 
should sacrifice something. We have the wonderful Sisters of Reparation here, and they talk about giving up just very little things each day in reparation for sin. And it can be, Mother Mary is wonderful. She would tell me, Brenda, just maybe one cup of coffee today, say, I'm going to skip the sugar. That's an act of reparation. That is a sacrament of something for a greater thing. I'm not good at this at all. I love comfort. Do I think about maybe on the drive home, I'm going to just roll down the window a little bit and not use air conditioning. The number of people that suffer in the world without those types of comfort, boy, the type of reparation. And then the reminder about how blessed that we are to live in a country that we do. Constant reminders. And it unifies us in unique ways sacrificing things. I know I'm not good about it, Scott. How about you? Yeah, I think most importantly in a sacrifice, it's what is your intent? So I, I think there's people that do, uh, and I and I put myself in this situation, like for instance, when we get into Easter and we, we recognize, or in, in Lent, the Lenten season, or even in the Advent season, we will make sacrifices and we do it almost in a, an obligation responsibility component that is the driver. Yes, that is part of the driver. But the, but the greater part is just the intent, the intention. And I think when we enter into sacrifice, it not only needs to be in, intentional on our part to do it for the glory of God, not do it because it's a responsibility I have to do, but I do it for the glory of God. That intention is, bringing, is orienting our hearts, not just our minds, to the Lord. And we receive something back in that regard that is uh, maybe indescribable. And this is this goes to the heart of, I think, uh, the peace of, of God that is beyond understanding, as we hear in the Bible. Well, we all seek to have peace and to be joyful. And if that is what God promises through his son, who Christ carries that forward in the midst of the myriad of challenges he faced, to, to be at peace, peace be with you. And then to be joyful in uh, in and around one another's presence because we are rejoicing in the Lord. Those are the, the high points that we, we search toward, but we can't get there if we don't recognize the contrast. And sacrifice helps us to see that contrast more clearly. But that's where I want to be. I don't want to be where I'm at here, just drudging through, going through the drudgery of the day and getting by one more step. Uh, that That becomes distorted. We, we are to be efficacious in our sac- in our sacramental life as baptized and confirmed uh, believers that, my gosh, I need to have effect. And I can have effect in a negative way, and that's not the sacrament I'm carrying out. That's my selfishness I'm carrying out. But when I'm, when I'm efficacious in a way that uplifts, as you said earlier, that we share our, our awareness of one another in a way that is supportive, well, then we have an efficacious growth of grace because that's the sacrament that's leading us to love as Christ loves, to have a God's heart in the moment. And through your day, as all of these different things come your way and we tackle them in the best possible way we can every day at the end of the day, Catholics, 
I'll spend a little time reflecting on that. Take a few minutes to think over the day. An examination of conscience is a great way to do this. Is there something that I did that I need to rectify? Reflection and making things right again. That's what we should be making sure to happen at the end of the day. So that way our rest is peaceful. Yeah, and I think that there is, uh, in, in God's mercy, that we are to reflect in our experience of life. Uh, you know, those thoughts come across my mind as to somebody's, somebody's put these things somewhere in a, in a rush to clean up or, or whatever it might be. But I have to chide myself to give benefit of the doubt. The intent of the person who moved that it was for an intent that wasn't to frustrate me. Um, and again, that goes back to our very beginning discussion. This is not just a, a psychological challenge. This is a spiritual challenge. And we can go to dark places very fast when we get frustrated and we let anxiety over override us. And these practices that we're describing today as to how to maybe first start off the day in a positive way that orients our mind to God, knowing that throughout the day, there's going to be distraction and noise that's going to draw us away from that. Coming back to the, the understanding that God is with us through all of that. And in a moment of, of anxiety to remind ourselves, my gosh, I, I can't let myself block God out because that's what Peter, I mean, we go back to Peter always, the great example of our church, that, that uh, he gets in front of Christ. And when I get anxious, when we get anxious, we get in front of Christ because all of a sudden we are, we are on the, on the sea again, walking with Peter and we're, we're panicked because it's a storm. Christ is like, why did why do you get restless about that? I'm here. Um, so easy enough to say, but mindful to be intentional, mindful to be uh, preparatory every day, even if it's a small preparation, and then throughout the day to plug in to Christ in our small moments to say a rosary, or even if it's a decade of the rosary, take a moment, be merciful to yourself and give benefit of the doubt to the other. And we'll be in a place that will be far less anxious, far more peaceful, and joy will be the norm of the day, not the uh, the hope that is elusive at times. And just as an act of reflection, Scott, I'll say this. It's very possible and likely that I picked up your microphone and moved it and put it into the closet because I was tidying things up and that left you full of anxiety trying to find it. So I'm real sorry about that before we go today. Will you end us in prayer? Lord, we are so grateful for one another in our journey to walk this life that we've been given. And even when we find that we might cause frustration for one another, we need to be uh, your, we need to bring your mercy, your heart into the situation, uh, not put our anxiety or our pride in the front. So help us this week as we work through our daily experience to enter the day with hope that your peace is promised to us and it's necessary for us to be open to receive it. Help us to do that this week. Well, we ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Are your best to relax and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective. 
with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.